Ron and Anian. Some weeks at the shop, you just say to yourself, how did I get into this situation? I started out wanting to work on cars, and now it just it just snowballed downhill. Come on! Car doctor, this noise is bothersome, and this noise puts you one brick away from going, what am I driving this thing for, if anything else goes wrong with it? Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls. At 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. I want to talk to you about how attached to cars you really are, and you may not realize it. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. 855-560-9900 is the Car Doctor's phone number. Get in and talk to me. You've got a car problem, car question, whatever it might be. And uh, together we'll solve it. I'll explain it to you in a simple, easy-to-understand manner, and you can... Uh, Get your car back on the road or talk, you know, talk to your mechanic. If you've got a problem, this is the place to come. Cardoctorshow.com is uh, our website. You can also find more information there as far as affiliates. TuneIn.com, and there's also podcasts to download via iHeart and iTunes.com. I want to show you how attached to your car you are. Maybe you don't even realize it. We had a customer walk into the shop this week. 2005 is Suzu. Isuzu hasn't been made in this or sold in this country since 2009. That's when they left the market. So here's a gentleman driving a car that's uh, six and a half, almost seven model years from last production and 10 years in terms of, gee, I'm looking for replacement parts. Seems he's been driving this car for three years now. Check engine light's been on. And the last mechanic he took it to two years ago somehow finagled it through inspection. And I kind of think I know what he did. He probably cleared the codes, ran it until the monitors were complete, and he got enough of them to run, and he was able to take it to state inspection in New Jersey. Yeah, it's a workaround. You can cheat the system, and it happens. It it, it works. You know, you have to ask yourself how many cars are passing on one monitor only, and um, that's a case where this worked, and it, it got him through. So he's been driving around, in my opinion, educated guest, with a check engine light on for another two years, and now he wants it fixed. So he came in, and he wants to have the conversation at the counter. Hey, um, you know, what can you do for me? Easy answer. Not much. Reason being, he can't get parts. And I ran the drill through with him. And I explained to him, you know, if I want to go buy a Suzu parts, I have to find an Suzu dealer, which, uh, you know, that's like hoping there's signs of intelligence in Washington. And uh, you've got to look for that. And from that point, go down, pay for the parts. Wait for the parts to show up. You can't say, well, I paid for it Monday. I expected to be here Wednesday. When they get here, they get here. And then hopefully when you go down and you pay for those parts or you pick up those parts you paid for, they're right. And if they're not, well, you can try again. Just get your checkbook out, pay for some more parts, order some more parts, and maybe it'll work. That's the best. That's the worst case scenario. Well, I don't know if that's the worst or best case scenario because then the other side of that is if you put the parts on and they don't fit, don't work, or they require any kind of a warranty six months to a year down the line, uh-uh, there aren't any. And I explained all this to him, just like I'm explaining it to you. And I looked at him and I said, why would anybody want to work on that? And he looked at me and he said, but what am I going to do with the car? It runs perfectly otherwise. Well, first of all, 
just so we're all on the same playing field. Any car driving around with a check engine light for the last two years is not perfect. Believe me, manufacturers didn't design cars for check engine lights to be on and go, ah, it's just a, it's, it's, it's a flaw in the system. It's not necessary. Manufacturers design cars to operate as designed and required by the limits of the law because it's all about the law in terms of how an automobile is created to meet emissions requirements. And I explained to him, I said, yeah, but what else are you going to do with it? You're driving something you can't get parts for. You're in the same boat as Saturn owners. You're in the same boat as Saab owners. And so many other car companies that just in the last five years have gone out of business. Now, you can make the argument, yeah, you can get parts for a Saab, you can get parts for a Saturn. Good luck with that, especially when you want to expect them on a regular steady basis. It becomes much more difficult over time. And I thought about this, and I said, yet people will stand by a Suzu and just want to continue to drive it. Whereas I, well, I would have just gotten rid of it because I figured by now Joe Isuzu was lying to me anyway. Remember Joe Isuzu in the TV commercials? Yeah, go Joe Isuzu. Where is he now? So Joe's lying on the beach somewhere retired because the company's out of business. And I thought about Volkswagen this week. And I said, Volkswagen, who got caught with their hand not only in the cookie jar, they swiped the cookie jar, convinced us there were still cookies there. Hell, they convinced us there was still a cookie jar there. And people are still standing by Volkswagen going, I love my Volkswagen. Really? You love a car that pollutes more than legally allowed so many times, so much of a percentage more, and yet you're still going to stand behind it. And that led me to believe that you're all just emotionally attached to cars without realizing it, that emotions still play such a big part in an automobile. And yet you talk to anybody that's driving a Toyota today and they and you ask them what were they driving before this, and they said, well, I had an 82 Buick Park Ave, and you can just put your hand up and go, stop right there. I know the rest of the story. Because that 82 Buick Park Ave had a transmission problem, and it was fixed three times. And because General Motors didn't make torque converters right, I think, for five or ten years, it seems like they had all kinds of problems in the 80s with transmissions, that nobody wants to go back to GM. And I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying that it seems like we hold grudges against some companies regardless. They just can't get out of the doghouse. And others, we put on a platform. And the only logical conclusion I can come to is it's emotion. It's got to be emotion because it's not clear-cut thinking. The guy with the Isuzu ended up saying to me, hey, you know, I guess i got to go find a mechanic that can work on it. And I said, well, I can work on it. I just can't get parts. And if you get me parts, I'll be glad to fix it because I've actually got dealer-level scan tool for an Isuzu. I don't know why. I think it kind of snuck by me, and I figured, oh, I might as well have one of these, too, collect all six. You know, he who goes to the grave with the most toys wins. But the reality of all this, and my point, all cars have a finite life. And at some point, you may not have an option of when to give up the car. The manufacturer of that vehicle may make that decision for you. And it's just as dangerous as when a mechanic says to you, Hey, this car's a big pit. We're going to throw money in, and you go, nope, I want to fix it. That's just as dangerous as when a, when a car company says, we're no longer going to sell cars here in the States for whatever reason, and parts are only going to be available on a limited basis. That's the time to head for the door, folks, and run. Don't walk. 
Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie in the car, doctor. Phone number is 855-560-9900 to take your calls and answer your questions. Some real life look from the repair shop. That's how I see it. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to insult anybody, but you know what? You got to face reality. Cars today have really become a consumable commodity. They're just giant toasters. And uh, some of them have more wheels on them, more electronics on them than others, but they're just giant appliances that you're going to start throwing away on a regular basis. And we can see the handwriting on the wall as far as where all this is going. Down around the bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking to the folks from All Data, some new information about what All Data brings to the marketplace as far as information for both you, the do-it-yourselfer, or the consumer that maybe owns a vehicle. You're looking for a way to get access to technical service bulletins and things like that. We'll be talking to them. We are giving away an O'Reilly Auto Parts $50 gift card this hour. We tried to do it last hour, but we just plum ran out of time. There was so much going on. We will do that this hour. Fast Harry's shaking his head. He is the judge in this, so uh, we'll leave that up to him. Decision of the judge is final, so be nice to Fast Harry when you give him a call. The phone number is 855-560-9900. I'm Ron Anini in The Car Doctor, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor rolling along this hour at 855-560-9900. Keep in mind, we're giving away a $50 gift card for O'Reilly Auto Parts this hour. Good for anything in O'Reilly. And when you're thinking about getting your vehicle shaped up, O'Reilly Auto Parts, I should say, when you're thinking about getting your vehicle shaped up, remember that's the place to go for Batteries, shocks, tires, or not tires, batteries, shocks, and uh, all sorts of maintenance items for your vehicle from uh, all points in between. Let's go over and talk to Evan in Maine, 2007 Mercury Mountaineer, and uh, see what's going on here. Hey, Evan, what's going on? Not much, Ron. How are you? All right, sir. How can I help you? Well, I have an 07 Mercury Mountaineer, and uh, every morning after stopping for my morning coffee, about a minute later, I notice my coolant temperature skyrockets for about 10 to 15 seconds. And uh, then it returns back to normal, and I'm on my way. Okay. So, you know, a couple of things. You know, when you see this happen, you're you're parked, and it spikes, and then it comes back to normal? No, no uh, it's fine when I'm parked, and uh, I take off, and about half a mile down the road, it skyrockets. I slow down, and about 10 seconds later, it returns, and I'm back on the road. What do you when you say skyrocket, Evan? What do you mean by skyrocket? Does it approach the red? It goes right into the red. Okay. So, how long have you been running the vehicle prior to that happening? Five minutes, three minutes, ten minutes? Uh, yeah, five about five minutes. Okay. Has anybody watched this with a scan tool to see where the temperature actually goes? Uh, no. See, my 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 question in my mind is. Is it changing too fast to be real? Is it? Is well, it? That's what I thought. Yeah, and that's what it sounds like, because quite frankly, if the vehicle was actually going into the red and overheating, it it should set some sort of a temperature fault code in in the vehicle as far as check engine lights concerned. In a lot of cases, so I would just be mindful, you know, to look at this with a scan tool and just watch it. Is it is it a is it a real number? 
because if it's not, okay. if it's not, then I'm going to talk about and start to think about: Do I have a problem with a coolant sensor hitting that point in its temperature cycle? You know, it, it's it, it reads it reads good from a hundred. 100, 101, 2, 3, 4, it gets to 128, good, 144, good, 145, good, 146, boing, and it just spikes. It just loses connectivity. There's an internal problem in the sensor, and I'm not saying it is, but it's a real-world glitch if that it's consistent in when it happens that the vehicle gets to that particular cycle or point in its warm-up, and all of a sudden the sending unit spikes for some reason. Perhaps there's an internal fault with it. Now, if it turns right. out if it turns out that you know the engine doesn't spike, but the gauge does, then we've got to start to think about sending unit or gauge itself. Okay, and you know, keep in mind that that dash cluster you're looking at in your mind, you know, that's mechanical. That's all, but that's all stepper motors. That's all little electric AC motors that are commanded and controlled and. You know, there could be a glitch in one of those. So now the determination has to be, is this a cluster problem or a sending unit problem? The first and foremost concern has to be, is this a real temperature change or not? All right? All right. And then you can make a decision on a 2007, seven, eight-year-old vehicle, how deep do you want to get into it? But my concern is, if it's really spiking and running that hot, then I don't want to see you ruin the engine over something that's that that might be a problem. So you want to get that part of it checked out. Does that make sense? Absolutely. All right. Listen, yeah. Evan. I'll tell you what. Stay on the line. Harry has decided that you're going to be your fifty dollar gift card O'Reilly Auto Parts winner this week. So, oh my, just, thank you. You're very welcome, sir. And uh, keep O'Reilly Auto Parts in mind for any of your vehicle maintenance needs, as well as anything repair from uh, fender to fender and door to door. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stay on the line, Harry. I'll get your information. And uh, get you squared away. Let's go over and talk to Ted Lacrosse, Wisconsin, and uh, see what's going on here. Twenty thirteen Toyota Highlander. Hi, Ted. You're on with the car doctor. How can I help, Hi. sir? Hi. Uh, Hi. Enjoy your show. Thank you, sir. Um, so I was on vacation last week, and uh, we were in Arizona. We were visiting the Grand Canyon, and on the way back in the evening, a light came on and said that um, maintenance was required on the car. So. I, uh, in the morning, I called a Toyota dealership in the town I was in and asked them if they could take a look at it, and they said it's just an oil change. And I asked them if they'd be able to do it. I may as well just get it done. And they, they said they could fit me in, so I went over, and then they told me that also uh, tire rotation, you know, was due. So I said, we may as well take care of that, too. Well, anyway, they did everything for me. They didn't wash the car. When, when I left there... Um, we were driving back, and I happened to notice a slight pulse in the brake. And that, you know, seemed kind of odd. But then in Nebraska, there was a, a pretty bad thumping, uh, wobbling. Stopped the car, looked the car over, didn't see anything, took off again. It was still there. Um, I stopped the car. Again, we talked about it. I got out, and I was looking at the wheels, and I noticed the left front tire was almost falling off. The, and that's, the lugs were... Right, that's one of the cars they just had rotated. That's one of the wheels they had off. They rotated the tires, right? Right. Right. Um, I, I called the dealership, and I asked them, I, you know, I was pretty alarmed, and I thought that would be something that they would be concerned with and they'd want to address if the tire wasn't, you know, attached properly. Well, he told me he had video footage and he was going to look at it, and I asked him if I could know the result of that. He said he looked at it, they tightened it on with an impact wrench. And in my 
my question is, I mean, when that happens, I mean, do I have to check the lug nuts? I mean, is this something that I should be concerned about? The tire's going to come off again, or I, I mean, I, I well, let me let me answer it like this, Ted. And I, I I don't think the dealership necessarily handled it correctly, and you know, this is like a mechanic's worst nightmare. And I, you know, what forty three years in the business, and I still pray this never happens because you tend to double check everything and it's not a matter of questioning your own confidence and ability it's just you're concerned about it vehicles are two-ton missiles going down the road at 60 miles an hour had you not had the foresight to get out and look we may not have been having this conversation if you know what i'm saying because it's it's, at 65 70 miles an hour loaded up with the family this doesn't instill confidence in who i want working on my car so you know, just because he said, well, we saw the kid put it on with the air gun doesn't mean it was tight. And if the dealership is truly using an air and impact gun mm-hmm. and and that's their be all and end all, that doesn't necessarily mean the lugs are tight. Were any of the lugs damaged? Were they all there? Or, you know, I'm sorry. Were any of the studs damaged or that? I have scheduled maintenance with my dealer. Before I left, I had scheduled maintenance. I was going to have the oil change and that because I knew I'd put on a lot of miles. Right. And that that's due Wednesday. I had told him that if there's damage to the to the threads on the lugs or anything, I thought that there possibly was when I was trying to tighten it on because I raised the car and I uh, used the wrench I had in the back and it spun and spun and spun. And I thought that you know, oh no, they're damaged, but they were just so far out. Right. Um, well, you know, you also I, got to- I also. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. David, go ahead. Hello? I'm sorry. Yeah, Ted, you there? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? We've got a minute. Um, Well, I had actually asked the dealer if he could send me a copy of that uh, video so I could see it. And he said he would, but then he said the file was too large and he wasn't able to. So I asked him if he could uh, copy it on a disk send it to me but i haven't heard anything back how about letting him post it on his facebook site you know the problem is listen there's only one way to tighten lug nuts real quick we use we use something called the torque stick at the shop which is a predetermined calibrated socket for each vehicle every manufacturer has their own you can look up the term torque stick you'll see what they are and then every wheel every lug nut gets hand torqued because that's the proper way to do it in my opinion the dealer's doing it wrong And if the dealer needs to have a video to show that his mechanics are doing the work, there's a problem with that repair shop. Good luck to you, Ted. Let us know how you make out. All that is coming up next. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. You know, you've heard me say it forever, Car Doctor Nation, when I talk about without information, the auto mechanic, the technician, the do-it-yourselfer, anybody that tries to lift a hood or work on a vehicle is lost. Information is paramount to proper repair, and it's really pretty darn important if you want to survive in this industry and repair vehicles. And we thought it would be appropriate as we continue to evolve to uh, go and talk to the source in information for the industry um, and talk to the guys over at All Data as we've had them here before and we've shared stories. 
and uh, they've made some pretty sharp and amazing improvements. A lot of their products, in particular the wiring diagrams, I was very impressed with something I saw in recent weeks, and we wanted to talk about that a little bit here today for everyone's benefit. So we're going to welcome Derek Miller. Derek is the Director of Product Development for All Data, and we're happy to have him here with us on The Car Doctor. Derek, welcome aboard, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, Good to be here. Yeah, oh, we're believe me, we're happy. We know you guys are so busy, and uh, it's a busy time of year. You're getting ready for the big SEMA show coming up in a month and a half, and uh, we thought it'd be a good time to kind of snag you a little bit and you know <laughs> see what's going on. Um, the way this evolved, Derek, is a couple of weeks ago I was working on a particular car, and I noticed my old data wiring diagrams changed somewhere along the way. You've you've added some functionality to it that I hadn't seen before, some zoom and pan and tilt, and um, I said, look at this. This is this is better. Uh, when I see better, I like to tell everybody about better. So let's start the conversation there. You've made changes to wiring diagrams. You know What exactly have you done? And, and other than the reason is it's just better, what did you see that made you create that? Uh, sure. Yeah. Obviously, I think you named most of the stuff that's there. Obviously, we had some some zoom and panning and an ability to kind of rotate the images. And and what really led to that was um, I got to give credit to John, my product design manager, who uh, who contacted a bunch of customers and and really asked them how can we improve some of the wiring diagrams in our product. And and a lot of it was around navigation and just the ability to. Um, get to the the piece of the diagram that you really need to hone in on to to fix the vehicle. So um, we decided to go ahead and do some simple things just to make it easier for the for the user to to get what they're looking at. And um, thanks to those customers that that gave us that feedback, we uh, we were able to prioritize it and get it get it out there for you guys. Do you think you know if if you were to look back? Two years ago, five years ago, the necessity of the accurate wiring diagram and the changes you've made today versus what was out there two or five years ago um, on an improvement level. It, it, to me, it's like night and day. I was curious to get your perspective. Yeah, you know, it, it does make it a heck of a lot easier to, to get through those things. You know, we, you see a lot of our technician customers that, that have to print those things out and piece them together just because they are so extensive. And, and some of the OEMs do make that a little bit difficult. And um, our policies always don't alter what the OEM has because obviously that's correct. And, right. and we don't want to provide you guys with inaccurate information. So um, so a lot of that, that usability stuff that we put into the product was – you know, just to help um, alleviate some of those issues that they're they're working with the diagrams today. So you, that was that was the main goal. Do you see issues with wiring? Um, you know, where manufacturers are withholding some of the information. You know, because you you've got to take that OE information and get it into the system, and you do leave the diagrams alone, but you actually do a very nice job of categorizing and indexing everything. But then, what do you do when some of the manufacturers? You know, they don't, they're not exactly free sharing, or are they? Is it, it What goes on behind the scenes? What does it take for you to get that wiring diagram? Um, I mean, there's various processes because each OEM is different in how they provide the data. Some of them provide it, you know, directly to us. Some of them we have to go through a little bit more of an intensive process to capture that information. Um, but to, I guess to answer your question about, you know, accuracy or, or any of that stuff, you know, we do – put it out there as the OE provides it, but we also have a strong relationship with the OEMs so that we can get feedback from customers and pass that along back to them so they can make corrections. Right. Um, so that that's an important piece of the process as well to, to not leave, leave by the wayside because, you know, even the OEMs aren't perfect, and uh, we we got to make sure that 
um, when technicians out there in the real world are using this stuff that, that we can address issues as they, they find them. Right, sure. And I'm sure as the OEs find a mistake, they tell you the mistake, and then it gets into the system right away, which yeah. is one of the nice things of everything if you're, if you're online. And, yeah. um, you know, it, 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 it magically appears overnight, right, uh, that all of a sudden the problem is solved. Yeah. Um, it, you know, there's other things going on at all data, though. Uh, mobile data is, I think, was the buzzword this year in the industry. A lot of people are trying to do diagnostics at the fender, tablets, outside the shop, greeting customers. Uh, all data is working in that direction as well, correct? Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm sure you know we launched a, a complete a native mobile application that is our repair product with some OBD2 diagnostics embedded with it. So um, with the goal to keep the technician at the fender, make them as productive as possible because in the shops it's all about cycle times and, and turning those bays. So um, that's that's a big piece of that. And it's, and it's also about trying to integrate the different data sets, not just OEM, but also, you know, that we have some experience-based data that we're capturing from our, our newly launched uh, all-data community, as well as getting uh, data directly off the vehicle and trying to tie those three things together to make the technician as efficient as possible. Talk a little bit about the all-data community, Derek, because that was another thing that caught my eye this this past year, that, that you've created a um, uh, well, it's a community. It's a village. You know, it takes a village to raise a child, and you guys, it, take, it takes a village sometimes to fix a car. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been on the end of that where it has taken a village to fix the car. And, um, you know, you've got, a, you've got a community contained within the product that guys can go and look at and reference if they're working on XYZ automobile and come up with real-world pain that other technicians have felt and described. Yeah, yeah. Again, getting back to the efficiency standpoint, um, it's really about giving shops that extra outlet. So for that particular car that's in front of them at that moment in time, um, you know, there may not be something out there that that can help them out. But with the community, if they go post that question, we got a, a bunch of ASC master techs here that that are ready to help respond, and as well as the entire eighty thousand shop network that we have. Um, that's out there, they can they can chime in as well. So it really gets you um, to the power of our network of technicians to help you when you get stuck, which, you know, let's face it, that happens on right, a weekly yeah. basis oh, in yeah, a lot of it, shops. So. It, it really does. So, you know, you've made improvements to wiring diagrams. You've got mobile data going. You've got a little community thing going on inside. It's like, a, like you know, the community fix the cars. What's next? What's in the future at All Data? I think you're going to see a lot more integration between the various data sets as as well as um, some of the shop business management solutions that we put out there so that you can start expanding, for instance, mobile out to the service drive and, and servicing the end customer or the vehicle owner, um, as well as improving that process and and the functionalities of our existing products within the bay itself to help the technician become more efficient. And and it's really around integrating data sets, integrating functionalities, and and how to start tying all that stuff together so it it creates a more efficient workflow for for shops. Do you ever talk about things like utilizing, like the concept of Google Glasses, for example, um, in the bay where the technician is going to be looking at the information right in their glasses or... Um, the cameras built into the glasses, and they're going to take a picture of what they're, you know, working on, and they're going to 
you know, bang the picture through email to somebody right from the glasses, or is that just too is that just too Star Trekish? Is that just not <laughs> is that just not on the horizon? Well, you know, there's people that that have talked about it, and and I won't lie to you, we've had internal conversations about what does this mean for our industry, and, and is it something that we need to look at? And, and we keep our hand on the pulse for on those types of things. You can see some of the things that. You know, CES, the big uh, consumer electronics show in, in Vegas, where some of the OEMs are doing some stuff like that with, uh, uh, I don't know what you would categorize it as, but some virtual type right. viewing capabilities. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not unfathomable to believe that that might happen down the road someday. And um, we keep our finger on the pulse. I think it's it's a little bit early from an adoption standpoint for us to go sink a bunch of money into to putting something together like that, but but definitely keeping our eye on it. Interesting that you guys have talked about it. Derek, I want to thank you for taking the time today. If the listeners um, you know, have any further questions, and I should point out, too, real quick before I let you go, uh, you know, all that is not just for the professionals. You also have a consumer product out there, and we've talked about this. We've had uh, Paul from uh, your company, uh, Paul Marshall from the company on in the past, the, the subscription-based uh, consumer side of life at all data so whether they're a consumer out there or they're professional tech out there if either one of them is looking for more information where are they going to go to get it sure they can always go to uh, www.alldata.com and for the consumer side there's a, a separate site um, that's alldataDIY.com. so they can go to either of those and get get more information about us and, and what we can provide them cool beans derek i appreciate the time and the conversation today and uh, we look forward to talking to you again real soon here at the car doctor you have a good day you too ron thanks you're very welcome i'm ron and annie in the car doctor and we are back right after this Ron and Andy in the car doctor here again. Thanks to the folks at All Data for their uh, for their assistance. We appreciate talking to them a couple of times a year and keeping you informed and uh, letting you know that you know reference information and information is critical for all of us. And uh, if we want to understand our automobile, and uh, you know it's it's just not going to get any easier as as time goes on. Quick piece of email, Ron. This comes to us from Ed. I need I need advice for an OBD two scanner for a two thousand four GMC twenty five hundred HD Duramax diesel preferably Bluetooth. I just returned an OBD Link LX that did not work as advertised. And I'll tell you what, Ed, I took this question serious. I know that out of the scan tools I have, I know what works, what doesn't, but I want it to be specific because this is such a specific vehicle, a 2500 HD Duramax. And I wrote to my friend Harlan Siegel. Harlan is the VP over at Launch launchtechusa.com, and Harlan's reply to me was, yes, Ron, we work better on later than earlier years for enhanced data. Looks like this gentleman might just need an easy diag regular with just generic OBD, or he can add the advanced coverage for thirty nine ninety five two thousand four. 2004 is a bit on the pre-can earlier side, but we should have decent coverage. Just my thoughts, Harlan. And the point here being, for Ed, if Ed's out there listening today, that um, I would start with a launch, and by Easy Diag, what he's talking about is he's talking about their little plug-in that connects also by Bluetooth to a you know a smartphone. Now, depending upon what the budget is, if we've got a little bit more money in the mix, 
We can also take a look at their CRP229, which, and understand, the launch family of scan tools, uh, you know, it's they all have the same genes running through them in, in terms of software strategy and, and, and operating decisions. So they all have the ability, uh, they all have the same basic roots. There you go. There's the word I'm looking for. And with every better model, things just get a little easier and a little bit more comprehensive in terms of what you're trying to achieve. So either the Easy Diag or the CRP229 is where I would take a look, keeping in mind that one of the best things about Launch is the way they update their tools. We use them in the shop, and uh, they're one of our main diagnostic tools now, and their stuff updates so easily, just merely, you know, it's plug-and-play, get out to the Internet, zing, and uh, quite often I will get out to the Internet and find (laughs) updates, you know, every other day, every day, uh, they really take to heart some of the feedback they get, and they really respond to it. You can find more information at, at launchtechusa.com, and uh, that should do it for you. 855-560-9900. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Nene and the Car Doctor here as we kind of wind things down this hour. The phone number is 855-560-9900. I should point out that that is a 24-7 number, 855-560-9900. And you can call that number. This radio show is live Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. But you can call 855-560-9900 during the week or when we're not on the air, or maybe you're on an affiliate that takes us on a different broadcast schedule, or maybe you're on podcast, but you can call 855-560-9900, leave a message. There's a messaging service hooked up to that, and Fast Harry will do his best. He will, and he does, get back to everyone uh, to date, and uh, we will put you in queue and hook you up and get you up here on air uh, next week to talk about it and uh, solve your car problem for you. If you're looking for more information about us, it's cardoctorshow.com. You'll find down on the left side of the page, TuneIn is listed there. That has a partial affiliate list. Also, you will find ways to subscribe to us either through iHeart.com or iTunes.com. And if you don't want that, you just want to download podcasts as you go, you can get out to cardoctorshow.com and just look for the podcast page. I should point out that I've got uh, Tom Ray on contract now. He is going to try in the next couple of months get up an Uncle Steve page. We thought we've gotten a lot of uh, uh, inquiries about listening to Uncle Steve uh, the Ananian family ace from World War II uh, with his uh, conversations we've had with him on Memorial Day uh, regarding, well, Uncle Steve. And uh, we hope to get a page up there at Uncle Steve in the next couple of weeks, but uh, we're just so busy doing everything else that uh, it just takes its time. Speaking of which, let's cover this last piece of email. Hey, Ron, I was listening to the show last week. I, too, am from Chicago. I don't have a Cadillac like the person that emailed you last week. I drive a Toyota, and I've got some problems with hesitation and rough idle. You were talking about some kind of fuel system cleaning kit. I'm wondering if you could describe that again for us on air. This comes to us from Nancy out in Chicago, Illinois. Nancy. Yeah, you, you heard me talking about Fuel Pro Complete from the folks, the Motor Medic Fuel Pro Complete system, 
And, um, you know, keep in mind that it's pretty simple. It's a very basic two-step system. Uh, we've used it a couple of times in the shop. We've been starting it, uh, using it ourselves. But it's something a do-it-yourselfer can use, and that's what the kit was designed for. It's got a nice hook in the box that you put the can in. Um, we prefer to see you disconnect the brake booster vacuum line. You need a pair of pliers to uh, disconnect the clamp and pinch off, pull down, and you can feed the product in through that vacuum line, follow the directions in the kit, and once you're done with that, a couple of short bursts, and then turn the can on full. The kit explains that in detail. Then you want to go, the second part is you want to go and use the Fuel Pro Complete Fuel Injector Cleaner by dumping that into the gas tank. They want to see you start with a full tank of fuel, and you will see a difference in the way your vehicle operates. You can find Fuel Pro Complete from the folks at MotorMedic um, over at O'Reilly Auto Parts, any O'Reilly Auto Parts store. You can get it online. I think you can get it online through O'Reilly Auto Parts. But uh, you can check it out there and uh, find out anything you want to know about it. But the product you're looking for is Fuel Pro Complete. And um, that should sum that up for you. And let me know how you make out. Hey, it was, uh, well, it was a crazy two hours. But then again, it was a crazy week at the shop. I can't see what, wait to see what rolls into the shop. 822 this coming Monday. Maybe we'll talk about that next week as the repair of the week. Till then, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya. See ya.